0: Welcome back to Shore Sports Talk here on 94.3 The Point. I am Vin Ebenu. And joining me here to give a little recap of Shore Conference Athletics is Beth English from Manalpin High School Athletic Director and David Zwirz from Neck High School Athletic Director over there. Also part of the Shore Conference Athletic Committee and I've had him on a couple times to talk about this fantastic mental health program that they've had and how they're helping student athletes. We're going to take a look at that. Plus, taking a little recap, a little uh, victory lap, if you will, around the track of the short conference school year here and everything. So, before we dive in, Beth, David, good to see you again. Thanks for coming back on the show.
1: Thanks for having us, Ben.
2: Thanks for having us. Appreciate it.
0: So, is it a celebratory lap around the school now? Is school year, you know, done or, you know, getting ready for summer? Take a little break?
1: You know, end of the school year is always bittersweet because you know it's saying goodbye to a, a group of athletes and a group of students that you've you know grown to respect and and in various aspects. So it's a little bittersweet, but you're excited for them. But it never stops; the cycle keeps going. So one class graduates, you got a new class coming in, um, and that's the beauty of our uh, gig here.
2: Yeah, I I, uh, I would agree with that. It's it's definitely bittersweet because you you know you um. It's exciting for them that they're moving on and um, it's exciting to honor them, you know, with with different things, whether it's, you know, championships that they won or or district medals or senior athlete awards. But um, it's also sad because, you know, you really enjoyed watching them, you know, some of them for four years. So, yeah. What was it like for a lot of the,
0: the... Oh, I'm sorry, David.
2: No, go ahead. I was just saying it's definitely bittersweet.
0: No, for sure. Yeah, you know, you want to help celebrate. You know their accomplishments, the team's accomplishments, especially those moving on. Um, but for for the seniors, do you find that I guess in the spring athletes that it really hits the seniors? Maybe they play multiple sports, but all of a sudden, baseball, softball, whatever. They're like, "Oh, wow! This is my final couple games, my final couple weeks. Now the school year is over, and now it's summer. I'm going to college or wherever else." That um, that it hits the seniors especially in the sp- the spring with whatever sports they've played over their high school careers and now they're moving on
1: um, I would definitely say there's a different vibe when it comes to the end of the spring season just because of all the end of the word end of the season awards, the end of the year awards it just starts becoming finalized and countdowns and I just think the vibe in the school community is different. So it's that finality that is, uh, that you see in the spring that you don't really see in the fall and winter.
2: I agree. I think, um, you know, especially the spring teams that are fortunate enough to, to qualify for tournaments, especially state playoffs, you can tell that the seniors are really like, you know, they, they're just focused and locked more focused and locked in really on than any other game, you know, cause it, they know it's ending.
0: What what has been some of your advice to some of your senior athletes or other uh, seniors that have given each other um, some advice, you know, either within inside your schools or within the short conference to say, hey, you know, this is it, let's give it our all. I mean, what are some of the key pieces of advice you like to give senior athletes is, you know, going into the school year or certainly throughout the course of a school year or toward the end of the school year to, uh, you know, bestow on them some kind of wisdom to play hard or, you know, Hey, give it what you got.
1: I really try and preach a perspective shift where instead of focusing on the end results, um, really focusing on the journey and the experiences and the connections and the relationships you have because really down the road, you're going to you're not going to remember the score of the Middletown North game but you're going to remember the relationships you've had with your coaches you know and your teammates and those bus rides and those pasta parties so i'd really try and preach embrace the moments embrace those memories and not really end on those results because even in a professional setting there's only one team that ends on a win in every sport every season professional rec league High school, there's only one team that ends on a W. And, you know, if we're only focused on the victories in the scoreboard instead of the growth and the reflection aspect and the life lessons that sports innately brings to people's lives, you know then we're failing as educators so because that perspective shift it really comes from society so we're i'm just trying to shift that where it's not about the end result the stats the wins the losses it's more of the journey and the experience and how you grow as a teammate a human a friend and as a person so that's really what i try to you know focus on and preach um as an ad i
2: would agree i think um you know, it's you can get really caught up in in the results and like, did you you're you know, did you win a state championship or a division title or something like that? And if you didn't, you're a failure, and that that's that's wrong. And I think, you know, what Beth said is is really true. You need, you know, trying to get these kids to be more process oriented and just embracing the journey and embracing the process because that's 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 all there is is the everyday. Because all of a sudden you know, when you lose that state playoff game and it's over, you know, the result wasn't everything. It was, it was everything that you did up until that point. And, you know, that when you, when you realize that, you know, you want them to realize this now as, as young adults, not realize it when they're, when they're 70, you know, that, that, uh, you know, you don't want to just be looking forward to something, you know, that might not happen, embrace what's happening right now. And, you know, the, the relationships with your teammates are things you'll never forget. I mean, I, I know, you know, Beth can probably attest to this too. I still talk to my high school teammates. I'm still friends with guys that I played basketball with in high school. So, you know, because you'll never forget that. You'll never forget those tournaments where you you stayed over and went to a diner for breakfast together and like, you know, just any of those team building things. And, you know, that's that's more important than, you know, what your final record was.
1: And, and it's different for each age group, right? So with the seniors, you're trying to say, all right, this is the end of one chapter, but your brightest chapters are yet to be written. So you want to take what you've learned and just grow off of that and, and become better. But then you have the underclassmen where I'm like, how do you want to be remembered? You know what I mean? That, that power and control is within your hands. You want to be a good teammate? Then be a good teammate and be remembered that way. You know, that's right there. So you know, again, the life lessons like, you know, you show me who your friends are, I'll tell you who you are. Like, who are you aligning with? Whose advice are you taking? And then there's kids that do wanna play on another level. You wanna get, you wanna be recruitable, you have to be a good teammate, because guess what? You might be a big fish in a very small pond in the short conference, but when it comes to reality, everyone can hit a three-pointer and people can hit line drives. Are you coachable? Are you positive? How do you react to adversity? You know, how, are you coachable? Those intangible qualities are the recruitable qualities and recruitable kids become employable adults. So if the quicker we learn these qualities, hone these qualities, the better. The more you realize and magnify your strengths while you're working and, and pinpointing your weaknesses, that's golden. The quicker you learn that, the more successful you'll be. And that's that's all we can do is preach that, show that, model that.
0: that's it's very well said both of you um and just developing that that athlete as a whole athlete not just what they can do on or off the field but just that that being a good teammate um developing different skill sets learning different roles um you know you mentioned the big fish beth in in the i guess a relatively small pond of the short conference and, and a lot of great athletes within the short conference but it's like you know, knowing different roles on a different team. You may go to a college and play whatever different part of the batting order or, or a different position, um, and you know, be asked to do different things. And then it's like, okay, w- what kind of athlete can you be? Do you? I feel because I feel like sometimes, especially younger athletes, maybe even professional athletes, think of, okay, I have to be the best player on the team. I have to be able to do this, 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 and that. But sometimes all you got to do not to, I guess, make it too simple is just be the best athlete you can be, be the best kind of teammate that you could be too.
2: Uh, yeah, I think I think that's most important. I mean, and that goes up to the highest levels. I mean, you look at who just won the NBA championship. You look at that, that's a, that's a really good example for little kids to see, or, you know, any type of kid to see that, you know, what kind of leader he was. Like, he's a, he didn't really care if he scored. If he had, he'd rather have, probably have 30 assists than score 30 points because he knows that if he's distributing the ball and everyone's, you know, moving that they're going to win. And that's all he cared about. And, you know, the, anything you hear about him is that he's an excellent teammate too. So,
1: Well, it's even my coaching days, right? You have different types of leaders and you should have different types of captains. Like there are some captains that are just your true leader. There's some captains that are the rah-rah guy, the hype squad guy. Then there's the, the captain and the leader that just does it by work ethic. Hey, listen, I'm kind of a shy guy, but I'm just going to lead by example. You know, I, I might not be the guy who's sitting next to you talking you up, but I'm going to show you and, and lead by example. So there's different types of leadership and there should be different types of teammates. The most successful teams are well-balanced teams where people own and understand their roles. You know, we live in the hundred acre woods. I've said this when I speak sometimes <laughs> at conferences, I say the world's the hundred uh, thousand acre woods, like mm. the hundred acre woods, we live in Winnie the Pooh. You gotta have a Christopher Robin, you gotta have a Tigger. Sometimes there's an Eeyore, you know, but it's all about knowing your role, how you all work together. And you know, if they make it work, anyone can make it work. So, um, you know, it's managing personalities you know, um, and balancing them when magic happens, you know, um, but there's a lot of reasons why people fight the role. They either, um, are jealous of someone else's role. They go home into their car and their parents, you know, they might be the tigger, but their parents want them to be, you know, the Christopher Robbins or the Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) And, you know, it's not easy, especially it's not easy trying to be something you don't want to be where you're trying to develop who you are. So when you don't know who you are yet, and then you have an idea of what you should be, I always try and say, let go of the expectations of what life, what you think life should be, because once you let that go, it could be even better than expected. So never limit your mindset, your abilities, or your role, but just understand and magnify your strengths while you're doing that.
0: You, you mentioned it earlier, Beth, with the recruitment. I, I want to direct this question to both of you get your takes on on this as well. I know certainly... College signing day and all that stuff has, you know, long since passed and everything. But whether it's the signing day itself, the recruiting, you know, dealing, uh, working with colleges, D1, D2, D3, uh, for both of you as athletic directors, what is that process like with? Um, you know, getting the student athletes to to sign with colleges or helping them out, answering any questions that they have about playing at the next level or what that's like or what they need to do. Um, how big of an undertaking is that for athletic directors like yourselves or others?
2: I think um, it's more of a, a group effort than like something that we solely take on. I think mm. the you know the guidance counselors are well versed in in what they need to know for that. Um, we also have. You know, at least in our district, we have uh, specialists in that in that department who, um, you know, know the ins and outs of of NCAA eligibility and they go over. It. I mean, we had a webinar or we had an in-person meeting with our district specialists this year just to so we're aware of what it is. But a lot of times, you know, we'll defer to um, either him or the guidance staff because, that you know, they're 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 more of the boots on the ground in terms of that. I mean, we we can we can give advice too. It's in terms of if if any of us played in college or any of our coaches played in college. I mean, they they talk to you know the kids all the time, whether it's you know anecdotally or or otherwise um, in terms of advice. But um, I would say it's it's definitely a group effort with that. And, and Beth can elaborate.
1: It's also balancing the high standards with realistic expectations mm. because I think in the society that we we are living in right now, it seems like it's an easy task just to continue your athletic career. And the reality is it's not easy. It doesn't matter. It's a special thing, whether it's, you're going to play in a community college, whether you're going to play club D1, D2, or D3, like it doesn't matter. The fact that you're continuing your athletic career is huge. And for some pe- people, they're not proud of the, 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 Community college baseball team when that that's ridiculous. That's still because I think it's been ingrained in people that like oh, I'm gonna get a scholarship I'm gonna get a full ride that (laughs) Percentage of high school athletes that actually do that. It's like three percent You know, that's a good point. So not managing managing high expectations. Yes, shoot for that but also being realistic with the goals because you don't want to set up athletes, you know for failure or to be, you know, have resentment towards that. But the reality is, it the percentage that actually go D one on scholarships are extremely low, and no one talks about that. They just talk about like, oh, won't well, be great. Oh, he's all state. He's definitely getting a scholarship. Or, you know, you hear stories of like a ten year old travely kid that's already verbaled.
0: Like, oh wow! <laughs> <he's 10. laughs> yeah. Like,
1: do yeah. you know what I mean? Like. You know, oh, he's already, he's already getting looks at. Virginia's looking at him. Really? Like, okay. Um, so it's it's those unrealistic expectations managing that. And even though keeping that standard high, but, you know, you, you don't want to set up kids or parents for failure, you know, um, because the recruitment is happening at an earlier age, less high school, it's more travel, or, you know, uh, AAU type is where the tra- the... Uh, re- true recruitment happens. So through our office, it's man- It's making sure that everyone's following the rules. They they know the eligibility. They know what they have to get done. They know um, and and just keeping open lines of communication for sure.
0: Are there some things that you'd like uh, athletes that are underclassmen or juniors that are going to be seniors um, to kind of think about over the summer months so that when they come back in the fall, if they want to try and play at the next level or just some, I guess, general guidance that you want some of the fall athletes to know, both of you. Um, some things that you want them to think about over the summer months so uh, when that when the new school year begins in the fall, they're, they're ready to go. They have a better idea about uh, what to do in terms of developing their athletic skills and maybe what they want to do after high school and so forth.
1: My biggest thing that I ask all students, and especially student-athletes, is make a list of what they want out of the college experience. Like, I knew I'm a very close with my family. I knew I was going to stay close. I needed to be a drive drive home so I could be at the weekend. I could have dinner with my family and not be put out so much. But, you know, are do you want a big football school? Do you want a smaller campus? Like, you need to know what you want out of the college experience, not just athletics, because it could shift. You know, um, being a college athlete, it becomes a job. They kind of own you a little bit. Like you get up early, you're running, you're working out. You, You have to have study hours with your team. You don't like your teammate. You don't vibe with your coach. It could not be the happiest experience for you. So if that's not going to be the end result, you have injuries, you have, you know, people that lose their spots in college all the time. So I don't want them to make a decision solely based on, you know, sports packaging or financial. Now that helps a lot. Sure. I know that's a yeah. big, big factor for a lot of families. But the reality is you can't put a price cl- price on your experience, your happiness, and what you want. Because and I try and tell kids, I'm like, listen, you're gonna work for the rest of your life until you retire. So if you have four years built in there where you can actually make choices for your own happiness, do it. Yeah. You know, be responsible, set up what you want. But it's more what you want to have the experience. Do you want to be close to home? Do you, do you want a big sports school? Do you want to be close to the city? You know, those are the factors that those environmental factors are the most important more than, you know, athletics because, but again, we've highlighted that so much. We've made it such a priority that that's where the stress and anxiety live to it because that priority is so magnified.
0: Now, uh- over the summer months, what are some of the things that, that you would do as athletic directors to, I guess, um, go back over the, the school year, what happened, and then prepare for the new school year in terms of uh, some of the fall sports that happened, you know, with teams or athletes getting together, I guess, between July and August, you know, football, cross country, everything else, starting to get practices underway in the summer. Um, what is all all that like for for you in terms of you know overseeing that, organizing anything, being involved in, in the process and just making sure that everything is you know getting ready for the fall season?
2: The summer is really important because you, as athletic directors and as administrators, we have to take some time off. you know we, we I always make a point to use some vacation days in July because that's really like the one month where, there's really nothing going on in terms mm. of like the athletic calendar um, because then August we're, we're back, you know, like full boat, August 7th football starts. So, you know, we, we really can't really take a lot of time off in August cause got to be here to make sure, you know, everybody's cleared has their physicals in for fall sports. But um, I, I think this summer is really important because you actually have time um, to, I know personally, it's it's nice when the building's quieter because you actually have time to go back and look at everything. Like, do any forms need to be updated? Do any of my processes that I have in place need to be updated or changed? Because there's actually not a hundred people coming through my door um, every single day. Like during a school day in the year, you don't. You're just managing. You're you're not really doing anything. Um, like long term, you just you don't have time to. So like the summer is when you can revisit some of those things and go, OK, what were what were some of the things that worked and some of the things that didn't? And what do we what do I want to change before we start? Because, you know, August 7th is right around the corner and there's 100 football kids on campus. So and then you're back and you and then you don't <laughs> you don't have time to do any of that all over again. So it's you know, it's definitely finding a balance and making. I think everybody's different, but I think that is important for everyone.
0: Beth, is it just as quiet in your office in the summertime or do you like crank up the music?
1: (laughs) Um, I'd say the amount of visitors is significantly lower. Um, (laughs) I I have to agree with Dave. It is a revolving door here, but I wouldn't, but that's also an aspect of why I love my job. Like Mm. I want to be the safe zone in the nest that people come to. It's great. But I drive in jamming out to my, my music and I think (laughs) I know what my day is going to be like. And it's just laughable because like before you even walk in, I still have my bag on me and, 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 and you're rifling questions, putting out fires and, you know, forget it on a game day. If it starts raining, like that's just, you know, forget it. (laughs) It's going to be an ice cream for dinner night, you know? Um, So, you know, you have that kind of aspect, but it is nice to recharge those batteries, you know, and, and do the things that you just can't prioritize because part of this job is there's always balls in the air and you just have to prioritize and get done first. Like that's constantly thing. Like I got to prioritize, got to get this, got to get this. So, you know, reordering those banners, you know, don't mm. might go to the bottom of the list, you know, in October when you're trying to do a, a put together a homecoming barbecue, but in the July, you're like, oh, let's do it all at once. Let's get it on, and that's a different, satisfy, you know, satisfying feeling. Okay. Like, oh, I just check that box off, and that's great, you know. Um, And then, honestly, a lot of times in the summer, a lot of the stuff that I'm dealing with is the new parents to the high school experience. So it's their first high schooler coming in. I'm so there's phone calls I get. I'm sorry, I just don't know, and I'm like, well, why would you? That's okay. I'd rather
0: not. <laughs> right, right.
1: I was like, "We'll we'll walk it through. So those kind of things, it's really nice. But um, to recharge that and have some personal time is also good. But July is definitely a quiet month.
0: There you go. Different. (laughs) I'm sure it's somewhat eerie, I guess, too, with it being a little quiet at times. Um, We've certainly, the three of us, have talked about over the course of the last few months or so, uh, the different programs that... You've worked on together and with the short conference athletics and everything, mainly with the student athletes saying that they wanted to address, you know, mental health and making sure that everybody was doing all right and had that outlet to tell school administrators and athletic directors what was going on, what they'd like to see changed, and everything. Um, then the, the question for both of you, you know, as we start wrapping up here is... Whether it's solely that or, or something else, in looking back at the school year—the fall sports, the winter sports, the spring sports—you know, now that you're going into the summer months here, in in looking back at everything that was accomplished at Manalpan High School, at Colts Neck High School, across the entire Shore Conference with athletics—what um, are some of the things that that you're most proud of? Um, some of the some of the teams, some of the athletes that you've seen grow and develop over the course of the school year?
1: Um, I, I, I'll hit this one first. I think as a short conference, what I'm really proud of is us as a group supporting each other. And really, um, we don't have any boundaries right now. If, if we're going to try something, we're going to shoot for the sky and we're going to feel supported, which is great um, to be able to do that. I know personally, um, the short conference ran the first women's leadership, women in sports as a short conference this year. And to be part of that Um, experience was really good and to see female athletes bond with each other um, and connect with each other I think that's what I'm the most proud of is that we've connected kids that are similar from different communities with same objectives but showing that differences can balance each other out and there's still a common ground in everyone and we can listen not to accept but maybe to understand like i don't need to agree with everyone but if i understand where we're coming where you're coming from instead of arguing so like if we listen to hear and we listen to agree uh, I mean, I'm sorry. If we listen to hear and listen to understand, mm. that's a huge aspect. And to start with the leaders of the short conference, whether it was the student ambassadors when we had meetings, the student leadership women, that was great. And that those conversations open more conversations and that becomes contagious. And that's what I'm really proud of is just being part of the change. Because it's not us leading it, it's us all together part of it. Um, we're just listening to the needs of our student athletes and fellow athletic directors. You know, we've had some really open, honest, vulnerable conversations. And that's where it really starts. So I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of what the short conference is doing, ambassadors, the women leadership, and then Menalpin High School itself, like, you know, it takes time to turn that culture And, you know, the more we see each other and lift each other up instead of putting each other down, that's the best. Because I think the mentality is instead of hyping our own team up or our own selves up, we tend to push people down to lift us up Mm. and, you know, to switch that perspective. And I see that I see that in kids, you know, the whole no names, no numbers, nothing negative, you know, no negativity you know, that is becoming a trend now that I don't even have to say it anymore. They're like, Oh, I get it, English, I know, no names, no numbers. My bad. I'm sorry. So just trying to establish that and getting the human capital in my two years in Menalpin, I think was so important. So I think it's been a really great experience here at Menalpin, but short conference this year has been exponential with growth and reflection. And I'm just really be really proud to be part of it.
2: Yeah, I um I would feel the same way about a lot of things. I think the short conference, um, you know, accomplished a lot of really good things this year. You know, the, the women in sport, uh, was one, uh, the, the student ambassador program, um, you know, mental student athlete, mental health subcommittee, the things that they did, you know, just exposing people to information and the resource guide that they compiled, you know, and other things like, um, you know participating in the monmouth county schools you know mental health symposium that night at brookdale you know, that was really that was really powerful too um so you know again we're we're blessed to be in a conference that supports us and really you know every time we come to them with something says yes let's do it because the Shore conference is as a leader in the state you know needs to set the trends with things like this and you know they really they really are doing so. So that's, that's important. Um, you know, personally for me and our building at Colts neck, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of everything we accomplished every year, no matter what, but, um, we were for the second year in a row, the B North uh, sportsmanship award winner. So that, that is really important for me. Um, that's, that's more important really than any state title, you know, and any success we have. I mean, that's, that stuff's all great too. Don't get me wrong, but, when we win sportsmanship awards, um, that is, that's awesome. So, you know, I'm really proud of our, not only our, our players and our coaches, but our parents too, because they have a part in that, because they're on the sidelines and, you know, they're, they're just as big. So, you know, really, really excited and, and happy about that.
0: Excellent. Beth, David, uh, great work over the course of the school year. I've had a pleasure talking with you about any number of topics and everything. Wish you the best over the summer months and uh, definitely look forward to catching up again with you both in, you know, come the fall, we'll talk some fall sports.
2: Thanks a lot. I appreciate you.
0: <laughs> that is Awesome.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for helping us spread this platform. It's important. Thank you. M-
0: my pleasure. Go short conference.
1: <laughs> you know it.
0: Woo! That is Beth English from Menalpin High School. David Zuerz from Colts Neck High School. More Shore Sports Talk on 94.3 The Point, sponsored by Shoreline Wealth Management right after this.
1: Whether
2: you're in the early stages of investing, getting ready to retire or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management understands that you're more than your money and they strive to help you realize your best life as they align your finances with your goals. Best of all, Shoreline's straightforward approach will include you in the process. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor, committed to helping you weather life storms. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information today. ShorelineWealth.com Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC
1: Let's face it, investment concepts and financial planning can be very intimidating and confusing. Shoreline Wealth Management addresses that feeling head on. Their goal is to educate you while offering financial advice without buzzwords and jargon. Shoreline includes you in the process and makes you comfortable every step of the way. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor. Visit ShorelineWealth.com For more information and start your financial journey with comfort and security today. Shoreline Wealth Management with offices in Manchester and Manahawken. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.